2: Welcome to the Avid Podcast. I'm your host, Alan Hart, CEO and founder of Avid, Unleashing Your Potential. Today on the show, I have Mark Hans-Richer, CMO of Harley-Davidson. We're talking today about his recent Effie win for Dark Custom. you won an Effie for Dark Custom, and in particular, the Effie category was around sustained success, those brands having success greater than five years. I'm curious. Um, you know, what what do you feel was driving that success for the for you and the and the brand
0: well I guess like anything you have to have a a a goal a serious objective that you're trying to apply creativity to so it starts there so the goal for us when we started dark custom which started more like seven plus years ago so it, it's a pretty long sustained success at, at Harley and the goal was to uh, drive relevance and um, and the passions of uh, the next generation of riders in um, in the United States in particular, but also around the world. And uh, and um, this is something that that obviously any business um, thinks about. But for Harley, you know, we've been around for now 113 years, and um, you know, every generation has passed the baton from one to the next. And the objective was to make sure that that happened with this next very large generation of, of young adults coming through and uh, and we've been very successful at that but that was the exact I mean that was the goal and at the time that we started it there were some questions about whether we would or wouldn't be successful at making that generational baton pass um, but that was really what drove the, uh, the all the dark custom initiatives
2: were there so seven plus years is a long time I actually love this category because most of the other award winners you know it's, a, it's so far it's one time right and and you've been able to sustain this over the long haul. what decisions or or critical points i mean I, over that time i imagine pressures come from all different places are are there things that you had to work through or or you know maintain um, throughout that long period
0: um yeah i, I, I the, the the challenge is, is always to uh, stay true to your initial objectives and your strategies because as time goes on and people come and go, people want to, you know, and and, and they should want to look at things with fresh eyes. Uh, but you don't want to lose the center of, of the insights that, that you started with unless there's a really good reason to. So there's always tension in that for, I think, for any creative enterprise to uh, stay true to the insights and also be selective about adding new things that and knowing when the right time to do that is, if, you know, some fundamental situation changes. Um, you know, for us, keeping it consistent is really more about uh, staying true to our customers, and because those truths don't change that much, it makes it a little bit easier for us. Um, you know, our, our customers, young younger ones or older ones, are uh, very passionate about Harley-Davidson, and yet they sort of want to find themselves and their unique characteristics and personalities within Harley-Davidson, and so our job is really to liberate that and the whole focus of Dark Custom was to find more ways to liberate relevance with uh, younger generations of riders through the way our products look, through our uh, lifestyle experiences, through even through clothes and um, and online experiences that allow them to feel like this is their Harley-Davidson, not somebody else's Harley-Davidson. And so we've just been building that year after year, uh, fine-tuning it, deepening it, spreading it around the world. Uh, because really, this generation of young adults is, is in many uh, many people's view, the first global generation of, of uh, people on the planet. You know, they, they have more in common. The, the guy growing up in Chicago has as much in common with a person growing up in Beijing, as they do with a person in San Francisco. And so more and more of these insights play themselves out around the world, and and that uh, that has uh, sort of helped with the success of this effort, not just in the United States, but but all over and has also made it more interesting as we've added more dimension to it uh, every year.
2: And so over that time you talk about insight, um, I'm just curious what kind of tools or information do you use to to make sure you're, you're moving you know, moving the brand in the right direction?
0: Well, the first thing we got to do is what do you stand for? You know, what, is, what does Harley-Davidson stand for? Uh, we've said many times that anything we're doing when we're trying to attract new customers is not to be all things to all people, but to be our thing to more people. Um, But in order to be your thing, you also have to understand what their thing is and find the connection between the two. So in the case of Dark Custom, Dark Custom is really uh, uh, about an ethos. Um, You know, if you think about uh, one of the classic, um, you know, known aspects of the Harley-Davidson lifestyle, it's tattoos. And if you know anything Mm -hmm. about this generation of young adults, there's a hell of a lot of tattoos going on. And yet, a lot of people didn't see those two things as connected somehow within Harley-Davidson. Uh, but the ethos of personal expression is very strong in in um, in uh, younger adults uh, today. Perhaps even at least as much, if not more so, than in other generations before them. And so these insights that seem like oh wow this generation's so different we were actually looking for what is more the same, but then understand what is unique about the way they express that. Uh, Similar passion and then how do we translate that within harley-davidson. I think a lot of times um, I've seen it happen where you assume that they're all so different that you need some totally different approach That isn't anything like what you do in order to grow with new customers We look at it the other way, which is what is it that we already do? That's already relevant and how can we then scale that and deepen that uh, through the through uh, you know the uh, passions of that particular customer base
2: are there any tips you'd give other marketers about how to maintain relevance um, over that over a long time?
0: Uh, you know, I, I, I think it's a little bit in the seat of my last answer, which is you know, don't overthink it too much. Don't, don't rush for the new, new thing. Uh, take a look at what it is you're already doing that may already be working. You just don't see it because it might be small. So as an example, when we started, this, the first question we asked was, well, what do we already sell the young adults? What do they already like about us? And the reason why that seemed like a surprising question is that there was a lot of assumptions from a lot of people, including outside the company, especially outside the company um, at that time, which was that, you know, quote unquote, young adults don't like Harley um, or because their dads or moms like Harley, they must not like Harley. And we found that none of that was true, but a lot of people assumed that that was the case. So we started with the very simplest question, which is, what do we already do that is motivating to young adults? Let's make sure we know that really, really well before we start playing around in new areas. And if we find a few nuggets that are already working, let's figure, let's pick those up and scale those uh, and spend our energies there uh, before we decide how much incremental energy we have to spend to do all kinds of uh, new. New things. I think a lot of marketers jump right for the new thing before they think about the current thing that they may already have a finger on. They just haven't haven't dug deep enough to find out um, what the potential is in the uh, sort of leverageable current asset versus some new asset they want to go create.
2: Great. Yeah, I like I like those tips. Uh, How did there's a team I'm sure behind all of this, um, as well as agency partners. How did how did that team come together? Do you think over the over this period of time?
0: Well, you're right. Nothing exists. Nothing happens without a whole team of really passionate and creative people. Um, it's it's um, a very customer-led company here at Harley-Davidson, and we have um, people whose only job it is is to um, think about particular customer types and be their advocate within the company. So we have, uh, now this didn't exist when we started our custom, but we quickly switched our, our uh, company focus into a sort of segment representative um, you know, type of structure. So we have a person whose job it is to um, think about young adults and women and African Americans, Hispanics and obviously all of our markets around the world and uh, put a lot of focus there. So they're kind of the hub of our efforts around the company that go through product and marketing and, um, and any, any aspect of experience that we provide for any of those customers. And um, so that's the beginning point of the team effort. Uh, we had many agencies along the way, uh, no one agency that um, partnered with us any more than any other, uh, because in sure. order to do these well and to have sustained success, you have to, have to be good at a lot of different things, whether it's events or online experiences and um, obviously advertising and promotion, but also designing and uh, developing the products. Um, so there's there's all kinds of talent that have to come that always has to come together for a sustained success. It's never one person and it's never one um, one supplier. Good. How
2: how would you obviously F, winning an FE award is about marketing effectiveness. So I'm curious how you define what marketing effectiveness is.
0: First off, I I love the whole idea of rewarding marketing effectiveness. So I think that's really what ultimately it's all about. And, um, you know, I'm happy to have had a few FEs in my career so far, and they're really the things I'm most proud of because they represent, you know, what is marketing for? And so the answer to your question about, you know, marketing effectiveness to me is it starts with increased relevance because it got of start with the customer. If, if what you're doing is not starting with building increased relevance to the customer, you're not going to get to the rest of it. So for me, it always starts there. That's the Starting point of increased effectiveness, and then the measurement of that relevance is your increased sales and increased share. Um, because I think you can't just look at sales in a in a vacuum; you have to look at it in uh, the in the context of all the other choices that customer has. And if they are deciding to vote with their passions and dollars or euro or whatever versus the alternate choice, is really where it, it gets down to brass tacks. And for us, in our custom experience, and I believe one of the reasons why we won the gold FE is uh, because we gained more than 10 points of market share with young adults since 2008 and are now the number one selling motorcycle brand to young adults of any size on the road.
3: To get started, visit plushcare.com weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
0: And that was not true when we started this. So I think those results speak for themselves. Um, and it all started in the, in the answers I already gave you about an increased focus on, on relevance and, and how Harley-David's could, could be translated to greater relevance with those, those uh, customers.
2: That's a phenomenal success. Uh, congrats again. Um, what I want to do now is kind of just, you're welcome. What I want to do now is just kind of step back and um, talk about you a little bit. Um, you've reached a level of success in your career. You, you talked about actually being a part of multiple FE wins. Um, so what fuels you?
0: Um, you know, I, I really, I love, Pulling things together um, on behalf of customers and and growing um, with customers and growing business through customers, it just gets me up in the morning. I'm pretty excited about that. Especially at Harley, it's easy to see. You know, you get letters, you see people at rallies, you you can really see the impact directly, and uh, and that's really, really fulfilling. Um, But but I guess in general underneath all that is I'm I'm pretty motivated by the the challenge of – Counterintuitive breakthroughs and trying to take what what seems obvious and trying to turning it around and and looking at it in a different angle and trying to find a breakthrough within that, I uh, I just love that aspect of marketing and it's obviously in pursuit of trying to connect better with customers. But I think a lot of times we take customers at very surfacey levels of understanding, mm-hmm. and we have marketing um, tools that sometimes are. We let to be pretty surfacey levels of delivery of those surfacey levels of understanding and trying to dig underneath that and trying to get into really deeper um, uh, and more effective um, creations is really what uh what drives me and 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 always will drive me
2: great so I don't know how many times I've gotten you know um the answer that Harley Davidson is a brand I follow from other marketers. So I'm curious, you know, with the chief marketer of Harley-Davidson, what what <laughs> brands do you follow?
0: Um, I re- I've already thought about this one, and I figured that the answer, all of them, is not a good answer. <laughs> but I am, kind <laughs> of, I am curious about all brands. I, I think that there's something to be learned on, on anyone's challenge, and I, in my other parts of my career, you know, I've worked on package goods and other things. So there's always something to be learned by any any marketer, any brand's challenges, um, you know, for good or bad. But the ones that I, I I think I probably pay more attention to on a regular basis, uh, no surprise, Apple. Um, I just think that uh, they they have an amazing. Um, Business that has proven to be very nimble despite their size which is really impressive and obviously the whole spirit of creativity that it represents that represent a company represents is really um, meaningful to me and always has been obviously I pay attention to all of our competitors because we uh, you know we have a a Competitive industry and I have to understand what they're doing and the good things they're they're trying to do and how that affects us Uh, but beyond that I I would say uh, maybe a little counterintuitive, I follow other great global brands like Manchester United, um, who I, I think have just done an amazing job connecting with the passions of people around the world in, in ways that may not have seemed obvious uh, 20 years ago. Um, and, uh, and up-and-coming brands, although I don't think you probably call it that anymore, uh, like uh, that have become very scalable and very culturally powerful, like like Facebook as an example, which seems a little bit almost old school to talk about Facebook, but What they've been able to do and build on a a scalable cultural uh, plane, uh, to me, is very impressive. And it's it's clear that they have a lot of other potential that they haven't yet tapped. And um, so I'm curious about how they're creating that uh, within their their existing brand and and building that brand and their business for the future. So I'm I'm very curious about those journeys, especially as they reach their cultural scale, because that's what Harley-Davidson is. We play on a cultural scale. And, And so I'm always curious about those other brands that do the same thing.
2: Great. So, thinking about marketing and marketing trends, um, what do you what what do you see as the most important marketing trend or, or opportunity today?
0: You know, this is such a trick question. Uh, it's easy to jump after. You know, hey, there's this new techno thing and whatever. I, I think marketers, and I think actually it's funny. I think all marketers know this, but we're all still sort of prey to it. We're we're uh, we're a prey to the shiny object and you know jumping after the new, new thing and, um, and, and I just think that's a risk that we all face and I might face it too because I get excited about new things and we all should know about new things but we shouldn't overemphasize them um, necessarily and so I would say that the trend as I see it is more of a broader trend into the future which um, I've sometimes referred to as DNA level marketing or hyper personal marketing and And it isn't totally enabled yet by the technology we need, Um, and I'm not talking about literal DNA obviously, but although maybe in healthcare they are talking about literal DNA, uh, that's that's probably a a future marketing opportunity for them. Um, But you're talking about getting down to a real personal level, you know, we at Harley are very customer-led and we really try to get into sort of one-on-one types of understandings. we are limited by our ability to have the right kind of technology, and, and frankly, the right premise for a customer to feel comfortable with that sort of, um, you know, uh, sharing level of sharing, even even in our customer base. You know, there's there's limits to what people want um, to have as a relationship with a with a company, and and the nature of a relationship, quote unquote, with a company is always a little bit of challenging because you know it's not a relationship like you have with your your family necessarily, although it can feel genuinely deep um you know they don't want you calling all the time <laughs> they don't want you showing up at door you know saying hey I, here I am I'm Harley Davidson I brought a you know I brought a I brought a casserole let's uh, let's have some fun um that that's not the kind of relationship that people are really looking for from companies but but they do want to be understood they do want to be uh, uh, recognized they do want to um have you know that kind of respect that should come from a interpersonal you know one on one understanding of that customer relationship and and i think there's just a long way to go for marketers to to get there and really deliver what i believe people intuitively want which is that surprise and 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 delight of wow, these, this company really knows me, they really respect me, and they're really, you know, they can they can align based on my individual needs. And it's something we talk a lot about, but I don't think we deliver all that well across marketing. And um, and I see it as uh, now the technology is enabling, uh, you know, next 5, 10, 15 years, I expect to see a real sea change in our ability to do that and do it in a way that doesn't feel awkward for customers.
2: Okay. Great, and you've already talked about the challenge—not uh, uh, to put words in your mouth, but chasing the shiny objects. Um, do you see any other challenges you would, you know, caution marketers against today, uh, or any specific shiny objects that you think yeah. might be getting in the way?
0: You know, I, I, I think the—I I have a personal passion around this, um, this thing about generations that we we like to throw out this this phrase, you know, like. We we and it isn't just marketers. I think you know journalists and others focus on these ideas, this construct of generations. And it's I just talked about DNA level marketing, about trying to understand people on a one on one level, and then we want to try to sort of surface on the surface understand them all as one big generation of people, like all baby boomers or all millennials. More and more you talk about it, it just doesn't make any sense. That I mean, pick any ten people of each either one of those generations, and I guarantee you will find. at least as many differences as you find similarities, and to sort of broad brush them into generational understanding just doesn't make any sense to me, and yet we do it over and over and over again as if they are one big monolith, and it just doesn't doesn't make sense. So I, I, I just think that generations is um, a, a, a sort of meaningless, generic construct, and we should try to get past it if we can. Um, and millennials in particular, I think, is maybe already getting overcooked um, as a as a focus, not because young adults aren't important to a lot of businesses because they are, but you know, th- this generation, any generation of young people are really diverse and <laughs> really have a lot of different things going on and different passions and characteristics and we should be as marketers trying to get underneath the surface of that and not taking it at some sort of broad level about all millennials like blank or all millennials act like blank. If that's as deep as it goes, we're not doing our jobs. Um, So, uh, and then the last part, I guess I would say, in generations is, again, this over, perhaps over-focus on millennials at the cost of other generations that are really good customers. Um, You know, we talk a lot about the buying power of millennials. You know, the buying power of baby boomers is many multiples of the current buying power of millennials. Uh, Well, clearly the future present value or the you know net present value of the the uh, you know the future benefit of millennials purchasing power is 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 obviously in people's minds and feeling like if you can build a relationship with them then you know that will keep bearing fruit for a long long time um, but there is uh, a lot of business and customer uh, experience to be had with many other generations at many Multiples of the current value of the millennials, and for any business, I think you have to be good at looking at both of those, not just one or the other. And um, and I I just feel like generally we're we're spending a lot of time talking about one generation, and maybe it's at the expense of other opportunities that we shouldn't be overlooking as well.
2: Well, great. Uh, thank you very much for uh, having this conversation with us.
0: Thank you. It was fun and uh, appreciate uh, you taking the time.